Well, welcome to FBC once again. My name is Joe Andrews. I'm the campus pastor here. I'm not the pastor here. So if you're a guest, uh, we're, we're going to give you your money back, okay? Thank you for coming anyway. Um, I'm excited to be up here today. One, just because I, I love teaching the Word of God with people. The second reason that I'm really excited about today is we get to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And uh, that brings me huge amounts of joy. And I hope that you're anticipating that as well with me. Uh, if you don't know me very well, I'm, uh, I'm a kind of a different kind of bird, okay? Uh, I, I lately, I've kind of liked creating memories and I try and create memories, uh, whether it's just to make somebody laugh or it's just to change a situation, make it a little more memorable. Uh, I'm trying to do little things like this. I'm always trying to get my wife to laugh, uh, and she usually does. Sometimes my jokes aren't very good, though. Um, but <laughs> the last time I did this was in Albuquerque, uh, and it was, it was about three weeks ago. And we went to a garage sale in Albuquerque. I love garage sales, just going to look at random things. And I'm rummaging through all of this stuff uh, at the garage sale, and I come across probably the most random thing that I've ever seen at a garage sale. And I thought, I think I want to have a little fun with this. And so here's my thought process. Why don't I go and talk to the guy who's running the garage sale, whose wife made him get up at the crack of dawn to go sell his in-laws things. And I'm going to go talk to him and I'm going to tell him that I am looking for something really special. And then instead of describing something really special that I'm looking for, I am just going to describe that random artifact that I found in the garage store. And I thought, this is going to be fun. Uh, so that's exactly what I do. I go to the guy and I was like, hey man, uh, I'm just looking for something, you know, kind of special, kind of different. And uh, here, here's what I'm looking for. I don't know if you could help me out. I'm looking for a broom. And the guy's like, well, I, and I was like, hold on, not, not just a broom. Uh, I'm looking for a broom with a, like a big, red, fluffy nose on it. And he's like, okay. And I was like, all right, well, that, that's not it. I, I also want this broom to have like eyes and like big, furry, bushy, black eyebrows on it. And I want its hair to be in two bows. And he's like looking at me like, you are absolutely 100% insane. And then it dawns on him, hold on, I think I've seen this before. And so he then begins playing along with me. And he's like, you know what? I do. I have the exact thing that you're looking for. And I'm like, what? And he goes over and gets it. He's like, check it out, man. The big nose, the eyes, the fluffy eyebrows, the bows and the hair. And I was like, but can I hang it on my wall? And he's like, you could hang this on your wall. And so we have a good laugh. I create this little memory for that poor guy. He was having a rough day. It was hot in Albuquerque that day. And he's just out there selling stuff. And my family is laughing because they know their father is a moron. Uh, <laughs> and it was just a good memory that I was able to make. Uh, I told my wife, I'm going to do this at every garage sale that we go, today, uh, go to today. And I actually forgot at all the other garage sales. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Jesus was excellent at creating memories. And what we're going to be looking at today is actually not Jesus trying to create a memory, but he's actually going to tell his disciples, those closest to him, that they need to remember him. Not remember an event, not remember anything else, but they need to remember him. And so today's message title is Remembering Jesus. And that's what I want you to do today with me. I'm going to do it as well. But we want to honor Jesus Christ by remembering him 
properly today. We're going to be in Luke 22, so if you can get your Bibles out, you can. Uh, If you don't want to, we're going to put it up on the screen right now. This is what it says. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table, and the apostles reclined with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup and he had given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So I'm going to tell you where we're going today, and then we'll take some time getting there. But this is what I want you to see today, okay? Look up here at the screens. Followers of Jesus are called to remember Jesus together by way of the Lord's Supper or communion, okay? So if you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to remember Jesus, And there's a special way that you're to remember Jesus. You're supposed to remember Jesus together as a body of believers. And you're also supposed to do that by way of the Lord's Supper or communion. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, But I do want to set the scene for you. uh, And just to give you an idea of what was going on at the time when Jesus and his disciples were in that upper room. Uh, So if you can, think back with me about 2,000 years, okay? If you're seeing dinosaurs, some of you kind of look scared. If you're seeing dinosaurs, you've thought back way too far. We're just going back to the time of Jesus, okay? He's there, and he's in the upper room with his disciples. And the tides have really changed. The whole culture has changed, and it's now in opposition against Jesus and his followers, the disciples. The disciples are scared out of their minds. They don't know what is going to be the next thing that happens. And the next thing that happens will be Jesus' crucifixion. He's the only one that knows that. That's happening the next day. So there they are. They're scared. They're in the upper room. Jesus knows exactly everything that's going to happen. He's about to tell all of the disciples that one of them will betray him. All of them are kind of wondering, I wonder who that's going to be. Is it going to be me? I hope I don't do that. Uh, And he's going to make that clear. And he knows that the chain of events that this Last Supper, this Passover meal that he's sharing with his disciples is ultimately going to lead to his arrest, his beatings, his whippings, his carrying the cross up Calvary's hill, and ultimately the crucifixion. So it's a heavy, heavy time. And I think the disciples are just kind of scared out of their minds. And so this is Jesus' opening words at that Last Supper. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And when he said before I suffer, they had no clue what that meant. They didn't know that Jesus was going to go to the cross. They didn't know he was going to spill his blood on their behalf, forgiving their sins. They didn't know any of this. They just are thinking, okay, Jesus is going to suffer. But when Jesus said, I honestly or earnestly desire to eat this Passover meal with you, the Greek is kind of double emphatic. And what it means is Jesus is saying, I desire with much desire to eat this Passover meal with you. Jesus is going to do something at this Passover meal that he's been waiting to do for a long time. And he can't wait 
for them to see what it is. He also tells them that this is the last supper that he's going to be eating on this side of his death. Now, he knew that. They still didn't understand that. But he knew that this was his last supper because tomorrow he would die and then he would resurrect and then he would ascend after his resurrection and he would not eat the Passover meal again with them until he says the kingdom comes. And he says the same thing about the cup. I'm not going to drink this wine again until the kingdom comes. Now, that is actually a future event. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's still future to us. It's when we will all be in glory with him and he will celebrate by eating with us. It's going to be an amazing, amazing thing. But it is Jesus' last supper. Here's what I want you to see about this Passover meal. The Lord's Supper has its roots in the Passover. The Lord's Supper has its roots in the Passover. Now, if you don't know too much Bible history, I'm just going to give you a little. Let me tell you a little bit about the Passover. It was 1,500 years before Jesus was sitting at the table with his disciples. Okay, so we're talking 3,500 years ago from, for us. Okay, still no dinosaurs. Don't, don't, don't be scared. Uh, and Jesus uh, is saying, listen, this whole Passover meal that we're doing now, it, 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 we remember an event. And this event was there was 400 years that the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. And the Pharaoh would not let them go. And God raises up a man named Moses. And God is going to free his people from slavery using Moses. And he had tried to, be, he tried to persuade the Pharaoh to let his people go so many times. In fact, he had tried to persuade him nine times. And Pharaoh's heart just kept getting harder and harder and harder. And he would not let the people go. So God had a 10th plague, and the 10th plague was a dark, hard plague. It would be the death of the firstborn of anyone, Jew or Egyptian, unless they would follow God's instructions. And God's instructions were really simple. If you want to save the firstborn in your family, I was a firstborn in my family, so I would have been gone that night. And my firstborn would have also been gone that night had we been there. But if you want to save the firstborn, God says, all you have to do is follow these instructions and they're not too hard. You have to sacrifice a lamb and that lamb will serve as a substitute for the firstborn people in that household. Okay? And they would have to take the blood of the lamb and they would paint the doorpost and they would paint the top of the door. And the Lord, as he came through, he would see that blood and he would accept the substitute of the lamb on behalf of the firstborn and he would not cause anyone's death in that home. But if you didn't obey those commands, those simple commands, the firstborn in the house would die. And finally, this is what broke Pharaoh. He didn't listen to those instructions at all. In fact, he hardened his heart even more, but he finally said, okay, you can all go now. So we see Moses being used by God to free the people from 400 years of slavery, and it's absolutely magnificent. So the Lord's Supper has its roots in that Passover event. Here's the next thing that I want you to see. The Passover meal was a yearly reminder of God's salvation from slavery. So from that Passover event, year after year after year after year, for 1,500 years, the people would eat the same thing that those people ate on the Passover night. 
So what did those people eat on the Passover night? We know that they sacrificed the lamb as a substitute for the firstborn. So they were to eat that lamb. Okay, they had to eat that lamb and it had to be roasted over fire. The next thing that they had to eat was unleavened bread because they didn't have enough time to let their dough rise and bake nice loaves of bread. They didn't have much time at all because God was getting them out of Egypt in a hurry. And the last thing that they had to eat on that night before God set them free from 400 years of slavery was bitter herbs. And these bitter herbs were to remind them of the 400 years of bitter slavery that they endured by the hand of the Egyptians. And so year after year, the people would commemorate the event by eating the same things at the Passover meal. And that's why Jesus was sitting at the Passover meal with his disciples, and this is the meal that they were going to eat. It was always specific instructions. And from that night on, for 1,500 years, everybody knew what the Passover meal was all about. Here's something they didn't know, though, that the Passover pointed directly to Jesus though no one knew it. The Passover event was actually pointing to Jesus from the time that it happened and for the 1,500 years into the future when Jesus would sit down with his disciples. It was always pointing to him and he's sitting there with them and he's going to lead them through the Passover meal and they still had no clue that everything was pointing to him. In fact, he is the better Passover lamb. Okay, what does that mean? It means that he is our sacrifice, just like those people had to make a sacrifice to save their firstborn, Jesus Christ has given his life as a sacrifice for us. And he set us free, not from slavery from Egyptians, but he set us free from the slavery to sin and he's forgiven us. And so Jesus knows that all of that pointed to him, but nobody else knows. And so he's going to do something absolutely crazy here. He is going to change the Passover. They're always looking back. When they went to somebody's house for the Passover to celebrate the Passover, it was always the same. And it was always looking back to Egypt and what the Lord had done there with them. But Jesus comes along, and this is the next thing I want you to see. Jesus changed the Passover meal. And he redirected its focus to him forever. Now, I told you, and you, we have kind of the the opportunity to know everything that's happened in this story, but the people that were living it didn't know what was going to happen the next day or the next few uh, years, okay? And so they didn't know that this was all pointing to him already, so he had to bring it out for them. He's like, okay, let me show you that all of this is about me. And everybody knew what to expect when they went over to somebody's house for Passover. It was never different. There was never somebody like jumping out of a cake and being like, Passover, that wasn't a thing. Uh, there was no, it wasn't like a surprise Passover where everybody's hiding behind a couch and somebody walks in, they say, surprise, it's Passover. That didn't happen. The Passover was the same year after year. It was always lamb. It was always roasted over a fire. It was always bitter herbs. It was always unleavened bread. It was always about Egypt. It was always about slavery. And it was about God saving them from that slavery. It always looked back. And everybody that was going to have the Passover meal They knew it 100%. I know what to expect from Passover meal because I've done it this many times. Jesus had probably done it 30, about 33 times in his life. Okay, every Jew had celebrated this meal and it was always the same. It never changed for 1,500 years. Uh, I was thinking about our traditions. We have huge traditions at Thanksgiving time. 
And one of the things that we love about Thanksgiving uh, is turkey. And then there's two more, stuffing and mashed potatoes, okay? If, if you don't have those things at your Thanksgiving, you're not having Thanksgiving, okay? So let's just assume that I invite you over to my house and I say, hey, I'm going to get everything else. We're going to make everything. I just want you to bring the main thing. What's the main thing? turkey. I want you to bring the turkey. So I have you bring the turkey to my house and you show up and you ring my doorbell and you say, all right, we, uh, we we're here, but we didn't bring turkey. What we brought was tofurkey. Do you guys know what tofurkey is? It's something that angers me. Tofurkey is turkey shaped tofu. <laughs> Turkey-shaped tofu. That's not Thanksgiving, okay? That's tofu. All right, so you bring that over. I slam the door in your face. I feel bad, so I open it back up. I was like, all right, just come on in. It's not, you've ruined Thanksgiving, but just come on in. And then you say, you know what I also want to do? I want to change the meaning of Thanksgiving. So we're going to change the main thing of Thanksgiving. We're going to change the meaning, too. It's not going to be about giving thanks anymore. Now, no, we're going we're gonna to do something else. Here's my idea. We're going to celebrate the United States of America landing on the moon. And every, every Thanksgiving, we're going to get together and we're just going to remember that event. We're going to watch the videos of them staking the flag and the moon. We're going to watch the moon landing, the first steps of the moon, the president's speech. It's going to be awesome. And then I'm like, you just need to leave now. You can't change Thanksgiving like that. Thanksgiving isn't tofu day. It's not tofurkey day. It's not moon day. It's Thanksgiving. It's a day for giving thanks. And we give thanks for turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. And that's how it is, Period. You can't change this tradition. You know how long we've been doing that tradition? 398 years. Not a long time. They had been eating the Passover meal for 1,500 years, and they always ate it the exact same. And Jesus is about to flip it all upside down. Let's go to verse 19. Listen to this. And he took the bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Now, at the Passover meal, bread was always broken, and the cup was always passed, okay? So Jesus is just doing part of those traditions. And so when he breaks it, though, he's going to give it a totally new meaning. It's not what they ate way back a long time ago when they, had to leave, when they got to leave Egypt and the slavery and everything behind. No, Jesus is going to change it, and the cup it's changing too. Listen to what Jesus does. He took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, don't forget, they didn't know what Jesus was talking about. They didn't know that he was going to give his body. uh, And they didn't understand everything that the crucifixion was going to be. And it was happening very soon, like the next day. And likewise... The cup, after they had eaten, Jesus says, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And so Jesus has just taken this 1,500-year tradition, and he's saying, let's just forget about all that stuff. Don't worry about Egypt. Don't worry about slavery. Don't worry about any of that. How about we just focus on me now? How about the next time you break bread together, how about you think of my body, which is broken for you? And how about the next time that you drink the cup together, how about you just think of my blood, which I'm going to spill for you? And in those two verses, Jesus has flipped the Passover upside down. He got rid of the past and he says, it's all about 
me. I'm the son of God. I'm your sacrifice that will pay for your sins. I am everything for you. I will spill my blood and my body will be broken for you. Remember me. That phrase, do this in remembrance of me. Actually, if, if we were just to kind of literally translate it, it would say this, the thing that I am doing, keep doing this in my memory. So he's not saying this is like a one-time thing. He's saying, keep doing this. And you know what? As followers of Jesus, we don't call it the Passover meal, do we? You know why? Because that was the last Passover meal that we ever needed to be a part of. Because now we have the Lord's Supper. He's changed the Passover meal. And he's changed it to have its correct focus on him. 100% on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Which brings us back full circle. As followers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, we are called to remember Jesus through the Lord's Supper or communion. He said, do this, keep doing this in my memory. So we as his disciples, we continue to do this and we remember him. And I hope that you can do that today. How do we remember Jesus then? Well, obviously when we take the bread and we eat it, we remember his body that was broken for us. And when we drink the cup, we will remember because it represents his blood, his blood that he poured out for us. And we are going to honor his memory, but I don't want to stop there. Let's remember Jesus for who he was. Let's look at his kindness. Let's look at his teachings. Let's remember how he cast out demons, how he healed people, how he loved And let's remember Jesus in all of his fullness today, not some past event that's long gone, but our Savior Jesus Christ, who is a better substitute for our lives than any animal could ever be. In just a moment, I'm going to give an invitation. Some of you may be thinking, I don't don't even know this Jesus that you're talking about. If you don't, I just want to invite you up as we start singing this next song. Just come up and talk with one of the people that's going to be up here. And we can help you know Jesus. And then you can celebrate remembering him with us in just a moment. Some of you may have taken the Lord's Supper a hundred times and it's maybe lost some of its appeal and you don't feel like you used to when you used to take it. Well, maybe that's a heart problem and maybe we need to just focus on the subject of the Lord's Supper, which is remembering Jesus. Remember him for all that he's worth. Maybe you want to join the church. Maybe you're looking to get baptized. Anything you want to talk to a minister about or have a prayer uh, request for, come up and get prayer. This is that time that we do this. It's called the invitation time. I'm going to pray right now, and then we're going to stand, and we're going to sing together. And if you need to make some sort of decision like that, I'd ask you to do it. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, I thank you so much for what you mean to us. I thank you that that last Passover meal that you ate was so rich in meaning. It wasn't just about slavery anymore. It wasn't just about captivity. It wasn't even about a small sheep. But God, all of that pointed to you, who's our better substitute. You are our sacrifice. You have sacrificed yourself for us so that we may be with you. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sin. 
And God, we ask that you would help us remember you in a way that is truly worthy of what you had asked of us to do these things in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen.